a most bodacious welcome, ladies and babes, <laughs> to uh, this week's episode of the Intermediate Podcast. Uh, I'm Angel, a writer, music video director, and game developer. I'm Weiss, uh, an artist from LA. Let me say that again. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Big Shot Illustrator Animator. No, okay. Just keep it in. <laughs> I don't know, how you doing this week, Wes? How, how have you been feeling? How have you been hanging? I am very ill. <laughs> With what? Everything. Uh, no, I've been okay. Been doing some personal stuff. Um, trying to build up my portfolio. Um, Lightbox Expo was this past weekend, which was very informative. For anyone who doesn't know, Lightbox Expo is an animation convention where they talk about like there's a lot of panels where people talk about the craft and how to get better and you know you can reach out to people during the convention for portfolio reviews. So yeah, th- um that was a that was a really good experience and I learned a lot that I'm trying to take with and run. Yeah, I just found out about this Lightbox Expo only a few minutes ago when you told me and that sounded cool. Uh the plan I plan to go there or I planned to go there in person this year but you know stuff happens uh this year it was online admission was only a dollar so next year i would prefer any of those models in person or the one dollar model um i I think i'd prefer in person a little more but you know there's there's hope for next year so yeah this year's definitely taken a lot of unexpected twists and turns I mean, but we did start this show. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, th- that is cool. I think this is a time where a lot of people learn about themselves and hopefully improving themselves. Yeah, uh, I guess some people are in a better position to experiment than others. So I'm grateful that you and I can just try something new like this, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's uh, fortunate that we're we're able to do this. Mm-hmm. This last week... It's exceptional. <laughs> it's most exceptional that we've been able to <laughs> to do this. Is that lame using the same <laughs> same uh, adjective that you, you picked? Should I have picked another one? <laughs> I think it's fine. Most excellent. <laughs> oh, yeah. Third, time, third time's the charm. The piece of media that Angel and I consumed into our beings this week was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That was a good one. That was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, that that's a that's a fun movie. Before I've only seen Bill and Ted Two, um, Bogus Journey, and I liked it. You know, with, with that movie, I was really, uh, I was really surprised by like the quality of the set design and costume design. For for a movie that's just like a, a a lot of like it's for a movie that's easy to write off is like oh that's a silly comedy you know but there was a lot of work put into it. I was still blown away by that with this movie too. There was so many sets and time periods and costumes and extras, so a lot of effort into something that, like you said, could be easily written off as just a comedy movie. With this movie, I was trying to pay attention to the to the writing and the pace of the movie. 
And I wanted to ask you about that because I noticed there's some scenes where things just kind of go quickly, mm-hmm. which, which is fine. It like, but but I want to know what you think about the the quick pace of when they start going through time. So, by the way, guys, spoilers for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, if you want to watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, it's actually available for free on YouTube right now. Uh, they have the first two movies available, uh, I guess, to help promote the new... No, they've had it... Uh, maybe it is to promote the movie, but they've had it up for a while uh, under oh. that model. Okay. And, guys, uh, you didn't hear this from me, but if you got an ad blocker, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. But, yeah, this movie is free. Um, you just gotta watch ads every five minutes, but or you pay for YouTube Premium and support your favorite creators a little more with that. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, I I feel like you and I just revealed a little bit of lawful good versus lawful neutral right here, <laughs> <laughs> or not lawful. I meant to say neutral good, neutral true neutral. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, you were talking about the pacing and something very, very interesting that I noted right from the beginning is when they're starting their time travel adventure, they meet themselves from the future, right? Right. So I thought that was pretty a pretty smart choice because one of the... So, of course, there's a lot of different genres of comedy. Uh, one of the principles not principles but a guideline for comedy is that i don't remember exactly how it goes but like if it's comedy then it can't hurt and what i mean by that is like in a cartoon or some silly movie there will usually be a lot of slapstick like people falling from big buildings being blown up by bombs or crushed under heavy objects their head being pushed through a wall And that's funny because they're just being pushed around. But if someone actually like exploded and there was gore everywhere, it wouldn't be funny anymore. Yeah. It would be scary. So I thought it was really fun that they introduced them time traveling and created that loop right there. Because it shows you that, you know, no matter what is going to happen from that point forward, that they're going to be okay. Yeah. And I thought about that again when Hmm. uh, they thought that Ted was being stabbed for a moment. Yeah, because you know he's not really dead. He traveled back in time to say hi to himself, so it keeps the mood really light. Cause but what? It, but what if he did die, and then Bill went back in time to steal Ted? I guess your mind could go there, but it, it for me it didn't go there initially. I was thinking, <laughs> okay, well he's not actually dead because he traveled back in time to say hi to himself. So by the way, uh, it keeps it fun. The the scene we're talking about takes place in medieval England. Yeah. And Ted falls down a preposterously uh, tall flight of stairs that goes <laughs> in like every which way. And and then he falls and you see a knight stab under the armor. Yeah. And, and then Bill gets in a fight with this guy. He thinks his friend just got killed. So yeah, he's so, fighting for blood. So he's, yeah, he's out for blood. And then, and then Ted comes out of nowhere, beats the guy over the head with a turkey leg, and he falls unconscious, and he's like, I fell out of my armor when I hit the ground. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> it's, that, it's that just... was... <laughs> like, it's, it's ridiculous. And like I said, it stays light because 
you know he's not actually hurt because they set up earlier that Bill and Ted are going to be okay. So, because I think that if they didn't establish that earlier, I think I would have actually been worried. Like, oh no, did they did they mess up? Is he actually like? I I mean, and of course it's a light comedy movie, so I wouldn't have gotten too caught up thinking that, but it it just keeps it more fun since they already established that Bill and Ted are okay. See, and then you brought up like the the fast pace of it. Uh, was uh, there anything? Was there anything specific where you were thinking like, whoa, this is really moving? Yeah, um, Billy the Kid. Like just the Wild West sequence in general. Yeah. They did go a lot of places with this. It's funny because one of the last lines in the movie, Ted literally says something like, "Like, oh, we went through this whole journey and now we're here in the same place that we were before. So, you know, there's different, I guess it just comes down to the different goals of more dramatic movies versus comedic movies. And I guess they have the, they had the budget to play with too, to go to so many different locations. It's like everywhere they go, it's just hilarity ensues, you know? Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this movie is like a like a live action cartoon. Yeah, it is. Um, it, this is not directly related to the movie, but some friends and I were having a discussion recently about studios, like big studios, and you know, some people were saying like discounting the the role of a of a big studio and i i disagree with that you know because the the quality of of these silly movies that we can admire later down the road would not be there uh had it not been for the budget of a studio yeah let's let's try to think about how many different eras they travel to because they went to the wild west they went to ancient greece they went to medieval england uh Joan of Arc they visited Joan of Arc they visited Genghis Khan Victorian America Oh Victorian they got Sigmund Era. Freud they, they got, got Abraham Beethoven. Lincoln Abraham Lincoln They got uh Yeah I think that's everyone that's eight different And, and then they and then they went to the future and then they also went to the future Uh and then you know the modern era they already went to a lot of different locations in the modern era also they didn't have to build sets for that but that's another era you had the high school you had the had both of their houses um so including the present that's 10 different eras yeah oh wait and then they got napoleon also so that's 11 but but they didn't really go to did they go to france they were in france remember they showed a bunch of footage of french soldiers and everything and then napoleon with his arms behind his back saying to blow up the phone booth i don't remember all i remember was seeing napoleon in the bed (laughs) No, right before that, they went to France, and uh, I think Rufus was with them to show them how the time machine worked. So they got Napoleon, they pushed him into the phone booth, and then he was hanging in the tree and fell off, remember? Yeah. So, yeah, they went to 11 different eras with extras, costumes, and sets and everything. Man, we we forgot about Napoleon, but he's the first guy they nabbed. It's because he's not there for the whole, all their hijinks. He's like, he's the B story, you know? Yeah. It's funny how, uh, I think we've talked about something like this before, but just this slightly arbitrary stuff that just becomes canonized in a weird way. Like, you know, Napoleon is a random historical figure, but they choose him. And so then in your mind, like, okay, Napoleon is the one having these hijinks in the present. 
it, it's like when we talked about uh Tokyo Ghoul and how in that show like they can only eat humans and also drink coffee. How does that relate? It, like I'm saying it relates cuz it's just something that could be and probably is just an arbitrary decision that in the world of this story it becomes canonized in a way to something important so like in this story you know they have all the historical figures picked up and go on their adventures but napoleon has his own b story so you know it is probably for not any specific reason but napoleon has this role to play just like in that other story coffee it's an arbitrary thing like they can only enjoy human flesh and also coffee so it's an arbitrary decision but just making a decision like that is canonized in the story as something just that sticks out to you am i making sense yeah but th that sounds really heavy for for what they did <laughs> well, with I'm, I'm just saying that making a decision is like all these things are full of decisions even if it's an arbitrary decision just having a decision be made is is i don't know cool and i guess that sounds a little ridiculous when i say it out loud like that but i think you and i trying to make stories and stuff can get caught up in everything having meaning but just having a decision be made itself is just cool like they could have had socrates be the b story guy or freud but they just chose napoleon and that's just how the story goes i think napoleon is the most funny because like to to for someone to be on their own because he's like he doesn't speak the language and he's an aggressive person so it's just funny to see what you can do with that kind of character they made one height joke with him which was the going on the water slide that that, that was funny when they were like uh how did they word it if i were a war general today's world where would i go waterloo <laughs> Oh, I think the park was called Waterloop. I, I think it was called just called Waterloo. Anyway, that's a minor detail. Something I'd like to mention about this movie. What about it? Joan of Arc. Very beautiful woman, I will say. Jane Wild Wit Weedlin. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. That's that's something I noticed. Some really beautiful ladies in this movie. Yeah, uh, I think not really used to the best extent that they could have been, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, it also is like, you know, it's an hour and a half and they, you know, they only have so much, so many characters to work with. Although, uh, Bill's stepmom, <laughs> uh, they played with her character a lot. So in this movie, Bill's stepmom is, she was a senior when Bill and Ted were freshmen in high school and she's married to Bill's dad. And... One time, Ted asked her to prom, and, like, they have this whole history that they just, you know, talk about. Like, oh, you remember that time? But it, like, feels so natural, the way they, they build it up. And then towards the end, when uh, when Freud was giving Ted, uh, you know, when he was having an appointment with Ted on the stage, uh, he asked Bill, like, if he wants to go, and then Bill was like, no, I just have a minor edible complex. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if I heard that right. It, he actually just said edible complex? Yeah, but you know what he means. He's he's got a oh the Oedipus. Yeah, he's got a <laughs> a girl at his house who was uh, a hot girl at his school. Only 
a couple years ago, you know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Bill, your stepmom's hot. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, when I said not used to the fullest extent, I think that Joan of Arc, I feel like they just didn't really... They didn't do that much with her. ...do anything with her. And the yeah. only scene where she had to have something to do was when they were having the acrobatics class, or I'm sorry, the aerobics class in the middle of the mall. And, like, she just jumps up on stage and dances, and, you know, they don't really establish anything about her character, so it's just kind of a random thing that just happens, you know? If there was a longer cut of the movie, I think uh, maybe they would go into Joan of Arc a little bit more. Because they they had stuff with her where it shows that, you know, like, okay, that she has, like, a... Like, she is a character i guess you the know, only like, things that they really show is that she's a woman of faith like they find her praying she's praying in the prison cell uh and then she's sword fighting on the stage dancing on the in front of the aerobics class it, it's a little all over the place just with her character like genghis khan that guy he's only in a few scenes but he's just straight up beefhead warrior dude and just fights you know yeah and joan of arc's character isn't really set in stone that much yeah, it it feels like something crucial is like cut, you know. Well, I mean, I I just have a a suspicion that it's just writing from thirty one years ago where they just kind of brush her off a little more compared to the others. That's the girl, and don't really give her more traits beyond that. Uh, I mean, but all the other characters are kind of paper thin too. But you know, I feel like there's a little more to hold on to for the other guys. Like, oh, that's Honest Abe. He's just the president. Maybe you just. I mean, yeah, she doesn't have a lot of speaking stuff, but she, you know, she only speaks French. Joan of Arc, I think maybe we just notice her more because she's like, is she the, yeah, she's like the only woman, yeah. She's the only girl. And see, it's kind of a token thing, you know, like the one female in the entire cast of male characters, and she's not really given that much to differentiate her other than being the female in the group. I, I feel like she's, I mean... Wow, Weiss. Ringtone uh, <laughs> on in the middle of recording. Uh, it wasn't even something good. It was just a YouTube notification. Yeah, yes. so I think that her not having that much character stands out just because she's the one female character that is going on all the hijinks and stuff. And the other female characters, they all just kind of go along with whatever the other character is going with too. Like, I mean, Bill's mom, she's used for a good comedic effect. Uh actually yeah she's just used for good comedic effect just the two princesses i also thought of like just i mean and that was also just pretty funny they just time traveled so i'm not even trying to criticize those i guess i'm just saying that they're they're kind of props for jokes like they're, they're they don't really have any character and yeah i guess that's just that's just what it is it's not I mean, it it is something that to be critical of, but I guess that's just my observation that they're used for props for jokes. I don't know if it's something to be critical of because, uh, like we were saying earlier, this movie is like a live action cartoon. Um, I think the characters are about as well rounded as they would be if they appeared in Looney Tunes. Yeah, I could I could understand that perspective too. Just something I thought of while watching. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> I like how they uh, they played with reminding themselves to put things there. 
like to time travel and like put things where they need them right before they need them yeah you know in terms of pacing i like that they just ended the movie after the climax they didn't go back and show them just doing all that stuff you just know they did it yeah that felt good <laughs> it's it's really dumb but it's also really sweet how at the end of the movie they're like you should learn how to play <laughs> <laughs> we're right back where we started bill <laughs> just because i'm a fan of george carlin i wish george carlin was in a little more but he's still effective where he is in this you know yeah like he, he he's got his he's got a specific role that he plays well yeah my mind was blown when I was watching this, by the way, and it started off with the year is 2789. Like, whoa, whoa, wait, I clicked on Bill and Ted. Like, what is this? I didn't know anything about this movie. This is a, this is a running thing with, with a lot of the movies we've been watching. I didn't know anything about Bill and Ted before watching this. Hadn't seen a poster or trailer. I just knew Keanu Reeves was in it. Uh, so I had no idea this was a time travel movie. Yeah, pretty shocked that... Uh, and and it was so funny too that just these two kids are the key to future prosperity. So it was pretty funny and surprising. And you know, um so I, I've only seen the, the sequel before this. Um what I think something that I think is most excellent about the Bill and Ted series. Most is excellent is that the the sequel like there's a trend of sequels to be essentially a rehash of the first film you know suffer from that but the sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure titled Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is not that uh this movie like the second movie feels feels like a it, like it, it, it's just good. It's a good sequel, you know. It's, it's not something that is a rehash of what you saw before. Would you say it's the Empire Strikes Back of Bill and Ted? I don't know. I haven't seen the third one yet. <laughs> Would you be all right with with watching Bogus Journey for next week's episode? Yeah, yeah, I'm down. And then I want us to watch Kill Bill Volume One and Two, and then Bill and Ted Face the Music. Okay, so we're watching the plot progress in order of release. The life and death of Bill and I guess Ted. <laughs> it's weird seeing them as adults in the trailers for the new movie. Man, yeah, looking at pictures, it's just, they're old dudes, you know? Like, literally the point of the original movie is that they're cool kids. And now they're in their 50s and doing the same thing. It's like, you know, the machine never stops. That's just what I think of with this stuff. The machine never stops. But I also heard it's pretty good, so I'm gonna save any any judgment for until I see it. I mean, I, I want to see Keanu Reeves doing a very different kind of role than what he's been typecast for the last two decades. So, Keanu Reeves is awesome. Keanu Reeves is so awesome that his first response to being complimented on a huge stage is to compliment everyone in the audience, and that's awesome. There was an interview Keanu Reeves had. Um, like a, on a press tour for Bill and Ted's, uh, Bill and Ted face the music, and this this poor sap who interviewed him asked him like, "How does it feel to, you know, like he he said Bill and Ted has has 
you know, it's like Bill and Ted is, is seeing a resurgence with the new film. How do you feel again to be reprising your role as Bill? Oh. And and Keanu Reeves just like got up from his like he just started laughing. He's like, no, no. And he got up from his chair and he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Someone that doesn't need to have their time wasted. Uh, you know the thing about sad Keanu? Yeah, I've seen that picture. What about it? He was asked about it, and he had like just a. I, I mean, it, it's like whatever this guy does is people praise it, but like he was mm-hmm. just like, I get sad sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it is it is important to remember this stuff, and I think that with you know social media bringing everybody to a closer playing field, that people are remembering that even famous people are people. So just something something simple like that, I get sad sometimes. Is I mean, it's not even nice to hear. It's just uh, it reminds you that you know we're all just people. Because there there was a long time where celebrity culture, I mean, it's to a much lesser extent now, but you know where that was like the big thing, and we've yeah, talked man. about this before. It's not the case anymore. Brands and oh, man, I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. Just th- things that are nostalgic that people recognize, IP, like that stuff is becoming a lot more powerful right now, you know? Yeah, I think people these days are, are seeing celebrities more as people than just as a famous person. I don't know if you know about Chris Evans. What? But, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I he, know about him. He He shared a video of a screen recording online, and before the screen recording ended... Uh, you got to see some of his camera roll on his phone, and there was a dick pic on there. And oh. and so, so Twitter doesn't have any NSFW guidelines, so people were posting it on Twitter. I mean, and, I, I assume that he was hard. Because, <laughs> I mean, then why take the pic, right? It, it, a bunch of people were saying, uh, saying like, oh, that might not even be his. You know, we all have weird pictures on our phone. Uh, and then other people like after that started just posting really wholesome pictures of him with the hashtag. So that way nobody, you know, to like, so that's the only thing you see when you look it up. Okay. Uh, You know, it's like people looking out for the self-esteem of someone else who has talked, he's talked openly about anxiety and how he almost didn't take the role for Captain America because of, because he was feeling really anxious at the time. Hmm. Okay. Um, like people are seeing celebrities more as people, you know, and and it comes like it shows itself towards like love and compassion. And then at the same time, there are celebrities who I, I guess have a, a sense of self-importance. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like when, uh, uh, what, what's her name? When Wonder Woman was Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah. When, when she started, you know, the whole sing imagine thing at the beginning of uh the, pandemic, the beginning of right. current world events. Um <laughs> you know, there's a lot of smack for it. Like you know, it's like, oh who the who the hell are you guys? You know, you're oh, we got struggles, we're wondering how we're gonna pay our bills and you y'all are just singing for us. <laughs> you know, it's it's like that's another aspect of uh, they're just people. Yeah, I, I lean a little more on that being silly, like myself. I, I get the good intentions, but 
I guess there can be good intentions with that, but part of me was also thinking like, like, oh man, like people care so much about me and what I do and things. So I should tell everyone like, like blah, blah, blah. I don't know. <laughs> you know something besides services like food stamps and unemployment and section eight housing, that, that stuff that's like popular for those who need it. That like besides, you know, the government aid, um, it, at least in my experience, I've seen a lot more like small time celebrities actually helping people during these times. I, I've seen YouTubers uh, offer to donate like a thousand bucks a month to people. You see uh, PewDiePie taking all of his, uh, all the money from his uh, paid YouTube subscriptions and... Uh, what's it called member yeah when you're a member on youtube it's it's you know youtube's patreon service essentially he's taking all the money from uh from those donations and donating them to charity and that's good and then there was h3h3 who was you know giving people money a youtube channel by the name of the quartering he also gave a few people money whenever he could uh at the beginning of these things and you know you, you see I think you see more of that from there were there were comic book creators. Um, by the way, the comic book industry is like not big like Hollywood. All the like the creators are pretty much uh, like it. Anyway, uh, they're not like as big as Hollywood people. But even then, some some comic book creators were uh, were giving money to comic book shops who couldn't afford to pay rent, and you know like. I think it's just interesting how there's a lot of aid shared amongst like middle class people than uh, than from huge celebrities. And I think that part of the reason that kind of thing is happening is because there there is space now for smaller time celebrities, you know, smaller beginnings or uh you know not the biggest time celebrities of all time like there's so many people that we don't know anything about with hundreds of thousands if not millions of followers that do a whole bunch of stuff you know so there's a lot more space nowadays for small time celebrities and it's not even like the classic hollywood a list b list c list just people doing their thing that other people find and and like you know yeah like there is there's this guy uh i don't know how much i want to talk about this but i took tiktok off of my phone recently just because there were people posting on tiktok about how when they were to click on uh like when they were when they were to click on the app to make a new post if they scrolled back through their camera roll years uh there would be pictures up there that they deleted from years ago like before tiktok was even created before it was installed on the phone deleted pictures from years ago would come up in the tiktok like app to post so there's some Whoa. weird data stuff going on right there uh that's weird yeah it's really weird so i uninstalled tiktok but my favorite creators on tiktok i did go to follow on instagram and uh I mean, I'm sure if I looked into Instagram, I'd find scary stuff too, but I followed them on Instagram and there's just this guy that posts videos of him making ice cream cakes 
And I don't know, he just seems like a good dude. So it's just fun to open up the phone and be like, hey, I'm making Oreo peanut butter stuff. Like, I'm just, the point of saying that stuff is just there's this new era of not even celebrities. I think influencer is the right word, you know? I, I think small time people, um, or like just people with these kind of audiences and communities and following, yeah. Um, they, they know that they rely on other people for their own success and i think some yeah. some celebrities think that they're they do it by themselves or well i think it's easy to lose touch with that uh, at a certain level just because it's all just numbers and you know i think for for like a a traditional celebrity the people they have to answer to are themselves management or whatever company you know whether it be a record label movie studio whatever you know like they have to make those people happy but people with with grassroots audience audiences um they know that they can't like they they can't do anything if it's not for the loyalty of their audience like there's a difference between relying on a on a company for your paycheck and then relying on the support of regular of a regular audience but yeah of, of people who like when you're when you're trying to start up a presence the people who you can who comment on your videos like it, it's it's really intimate you know because it's small you have the time to look Talk at what they're saying basis yeah and and i think every uh every big creator remembers the times when they were in that kind of situation yeah it's very it's interesting how uh like even even the people who can enjoy success like that uh at a at a reasonable scale you know not the biggest scale but a reasonable scale it's interesting how still there's still a degree of separation there's more intimacy but there's still a degree of separation where people will attach importance to these people just because they see them on a screen or in photos and videos like you know like there's people like comment on other people's posts like oh what do you think of this or talk about this or speak about this like maybe that is part of the social relationship that it's something that people like in their audience and community are concerned with and they want to hear the people they like talk about that stuff you know yeah at that point it does become a community and the creator is a speaker in that community. Yeah, but I don't think the speaker has to necessarily represent the people they follow. They don't, but they're the just people a, that follow them. I mean, yeah, uh, I don't think so either, but they, they're still, uh, they, there is still an aspect of them being, a being a representation of, the community and i think yeah. that's i think that's beyond the control of the creator sometimes yeah there is some kind of correlation there i mean because i i've been trying to learn a little bit more about you know online presence and that kind of thing so one of the first things i read was you know talk to the camera like you're talking to a friend make the kind of content that uh you would like to see 
you know, simple stuff like that. So I think that's part of the intimacy too. That's part of the community aspect too. Like putting out what you want to see more of and then... And then there's other people who agree with you. People find it that resonate with that. Yeah. yeah. Most excellent. <laughs> I like... I, I like... Uh, you know, something I thought about... I don't know if I'll leave this in the show. Something I thought about is that it's interesting using uh, film or media as a means of communication. Because I, I love getting off topic with this stuff. Because it's funny. Not funny. It's interesting how the brain jumps from place to place. I mean, sometimes it's funny. It's fascinating. <laughs> and it's funny sometimes, but it's fascinating. Because we were talking about Bill and Ted, Keanu Reeves, celebrity culture. You know? Yeah. And last so, time we were talking about uh, Lady and the Tramp to Spider-Man to Bowsette. <laughs> Bowsette, oh my god. Uh, So it's like kind of off topic, but it's not I mean, I don't mind. Yeah, it's it's the natural flow of conversation. It's like a starting point, you know? Yeah. But anyways, maybe maybe it's not interesting to talk kind of meta about the podcast itself. Sometimes all you need is... All you need is love. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes all you need is somewhere to to kick off, kick off from in many aspects in life. But yeah, conversations, like the... I, I think especially, you know, like... How many times have you have you just had a conversation with somebody and then it just goes into both of you were talking about what's going on in your personal lives and things that trouble you, things that you're proud of? Yeah. I, you know, every time, I don't know about every time, but... Most of the time when we talk, it, it ends up becoming something like that. Yeah, I think when you're talking to... I think... In my opinion, when you're talking to a good friend, this stuff just comes out, you know? Yeah. It it doesn't stay on the surface. You just keep digging into each other and not digging in in a negative sense, digging in as in just going deeper. Yeah. And thankfully, I guess this was a, a fun movie that didn't require us to dunk and laugh on it for like an hour straight. <laughs> yeah, th this movie is 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 a light watch. It's very enjoyable. Uh, I would recommend it very much as got if you got nothing else to put on just put this on it's fun you'll have a good time i'd recommend this on the basis of uh if you want some fun 80s nostalgia watch then this is a pretty fun one just it, it's it's a really fun uh like these two kids are like the coolest baddest guys like i don't think they're even the coolest baddest guys they're just oh, silly i mean guys. they're not bad yeah they're not bad bad michael nope. jackson bad by the way everyone <laughs> like I, I don't think they're just even the coolest guys because they're just schmucks. they're just doing their thing they're just no like like they're they are just schmucks barely passing their classes you know actually you say barely passing their classes you say barely passing their classes but i was very surprised in the ending sequence when they were actually reciting a bunch of facts and stuff about their historical leaders. So they weren't just fudging around everything. They were they actually did do the reading. They just went out to get historical figures to raise their presentation up another level. I appreciated that, you know? But, I mean, okay, but they are schmucks. <laughs> okay, fine, you win. <laughs> it and doesn't change, yeah. You know what? Prior to that, they were barely passing their class. Yeah.
And that's also similar with Marty McFly. He's he's just a schmuck. Uh his principal thinks he's a loser. Um you got well so you got you got I, I think Luke is kind of a schmuck at the beginning, you know, like he's just a guy who wants oh, yeah. to leave. He's just a complainer who wants to leave. You know, Luke starts out as a schmuck. Just nags. Uh, yeah, I, I think... But I think someone who's a schmuck is very relatable because everyone feels like a schmuck in their own life. Very true, very true. Speaking of 80s nostalgia, um, man, they, they were a lot looser with the PG rating in the 80s. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a PG-rated film. And and the kids are ordering beer, smoking cigars. And playing poker all within five minutes of each other. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, I, I, I talked to, we talked about this very briefly before recording, but just... It's like the, the parents in this era, these are like post-war parents. These were people born in the 40s, 50s, so... You know, very different standards to today, people growing up in the 70s, 80s now that have kids. Very different Get this. standards. Get this. How to Train Your Dragon is PG. I think if that movie came out in the 80s, it might be G. Yeah, How to Train Your Dragon definitely wouldn't have been a hit in the 80s. And it's different, like, generations, different to our hmm. audiences and all that. Do you think it wouldn't have been a hit in the 80s? No, nah, I don't think it would have been. Well, I mean... I mean, people would have had their minds blown with the 3D animation, but I'm just saying the content of the <laughs> story. Imagine, okay, Im- yeah, imagine it's a 2D animated film, just yeah, for the sake of animated, being in the 80s. Okay, well, if it's a 2D animated film, then that's a different story. But I'm saying that the notes that they hit and the story beats and that kind of thing, I don't think would have interested people in the 80s as much as it does now. Because now, I think with How to Train Your Dragon, like one of the biggest things about that is it has a a more vulnerable and uh what's what's it called a vulnerable and more emotionally available male protagonist and i feel like now people are more open to uh male protagonists being more expressive more open with their emotions and having that story of growth versus in the 80s when it's very much like power fantasy like height of uh like economic prosperity and all this stuff you know, different different audiences. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, think about in the 80s, Batman is just like the coolest, baddest guy ever. But the most recent Batman movie, which was The Dark Knight Rises, he's like broken down, like beaten up. And it's about him rising up from a place of weakness. Like, you see vulnerability in these male characters nowadays versus in the 80s. Mm. With Arnold Schwarzenegger and other action stars from that time. Like, and actors now want more complex roles like that. Yeah, media was a lot more straightforward, I think. Um, Characters were a lot more straightforward. So, segue to talk about next. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a great segue into, uh, I mean, do we really have nothing else to say about Bill and Ted? You know what? uh, What was your first introduction to Mickey Mouse? Because mine was... uh, I think the first time just seeing Mickey Mouse like as a character was in Fantasia. I could tell you very specifically, the first time I remember seeing Mickey Mouse in my life was uh, 
the clock in Max's room in a Goofy movie. <laughs> and so, so I guess, I guess from that very early impression, he's always just been an icon to me, not a character. In Kingdom Hearts, he's a character, though. I mean, they kind of make him a dumb character in Kingdom Hearts 3, but before Kingdom Hearts 3, he's a cool character. In a Goofy movie, is Mickey, like, some hotshot celebrity? He's probably some hotshot celebrity. They got too good for his friends and just stopped talking to them. Yeah, because, like, look at Goofy. Goofy's, like, living a living a middle-class life, working at the factory. Yeah. And he he owns a trophy modeled after his friend because his kid asked for it. That's a deep burn, you know? Donald, right? Like, remember Max makes a joke like Donald Duck. <laughs> Goofy movie's also a good movie. Uh, I love the Goofy movie. Same. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. Absolutely. Like, I, I just it, love the humor and drama uh, balance that they have there. The drama hits, the comedy hits. It's fun. Artistically, it's fantastic as well. I mean, I've always liked Goofy. Like I said, Goofy movie, classic. Kingdom Hearts, uh, Goofy is a way better party member than Donald. Like, honestly, in my life, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy have been much less of a trio than Sora, Donald, and Goofy. Well, Mickey Mickey has ascended the the role of a character, you know? It's like, imagine a small startup where all three of them were working hard, hustling to get their business running and then they reach a certain threshold and mickey becomes the ceo and takes even more responsibility so there's just like a a distance that gets created yeah because <laughs> donald duck just had that new ducktail show right he was voiced by don Cheadle. you know that's that's good that's classy yeah but i mean what's mickey doing mickey's running the business <laughs> mickey's, mickey's not, running the parks mickey's not being played by Don Cheadle. What's Goofy doing? Goofy, Goofy's going viral online with people doing impressions of him. <laughs> That's what Goofy's doing. Goofy's making royalties on, on impressions. Uh, yeah. That's me. <laughs> That's my money. Imagine Goofy appearing on a red carpet. Oh my god, it's Goofy! Goofy, <laughs> do the laugh! Do the laugh! <laughs> what laugh? <laughs> Oh, this one? <laughs> look, his Adam's apple's moving. Do it again. <laughs> Don't look. <laughs> Gorsh. And then he like twirls his ear. <laughs> oh, you know, he... you're getting me all flustered. <laughs> Goofy's such a fun character. I feel like now's a good time to wind down. What do you think? Yeah, I'll see. So yeah, a little bit more of a laid back episode. I guess that there wasn't so much to chew into with Bill and Ted, but I mean, we do recommend it. It's a lot of fun. I guess it's just not the kind of thing to talk about for an hour straight or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, th there's not really much to, to dissect here, I think. Or maybe we're just not skilled enough yet as uh, as reviewers to be able to do that. But I either way, uh, as far as two of us go, I, I think we touched about as much bases as we could have with Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. And maybe if we become more talented and more skilled and everything, we can come back to it and have a three-hour discussion on Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. That sounds that sounds like that definitely does not sound like the kind of content where I would uh click another video at the one hour mark. <laughs> <laughs> so for today, thank you for tuning into the intermediate podcast for this week. I'll have a link in the description to my pages and to Weiss's pages, as well as a link to No Empirical by Swoon. Thank you again for providing the intro and outro music for the podcast. Really appreciate it. You can like the video, subscribe to the channel. We're updating every Saturday. Uh, follow us. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Yeah, that that's about it. And we'll see you next Saturday. Later, y'all.